When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, we're back. And what a couple of weeks in football as we say bye to Bielsa in his bucket. Spurs are good, then rubbish, then good again. And Manchester United have the most upsetting visit to their neighbours since the nice elderly couple in the lodge next to mine on my holiday last week popped over to say hello, only to find me busily turning the hot tub into a bodily fluid soup. It is Rosette. That's great image of that. With me, Joe Forrester. And we're back. You are right, Hannah? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I I feel like I've missed you both. It's been a while. I feel like you have or you have. (laughs) Just like I should say I have. Like you should. (laughs) But yeah, good. I'm all good. Mike? Had a nice couple of weeks? Yeah, I have actually. Um, I was, I I went to my dad's for his uh, Christmas present to go watch Saturday Night Fever last week. What, the Um, film? No, they've got a theatre production of it. (laughs) It's like my dad's favourite film ever because he imagines himself as like John Travolta. A young John Travolta, yeah. Obviously he's not. Um, but yeah, like my, my parents are like, what? what? I'm just thinking like, <laughs> it's such a specific thing to be into as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like the seventies music, Bee Gees and stuff. But you know what? I was going into it thinking, oh, this is going to be awful. Um, but yeah, it was actually quite fun. Like it was, it was actually all right. It, is it one of those where people dance and sing and join in? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. Did you? Well, I, I made sure to <laughs> sat like right right away from him at the other end of the aisle because oh, it was it was weird because it was basically like empty because it was only like it was only a small theater it was a peacock theater um, which is like back on like the backside of like Shaftesbury Avenue like far away <laughs> from everywhere else that's that's good so yeah I felt bad for for the actors um, but it was yeah, it was fun my dad loved it so that's, how that's many important. people were there then. Not a lot, you know. I think like you and your dad, <laughs> the staff room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, again. <laughs> well, we had. With the, I'll there scratch was... you. <laughs> <laughs> Go again. <laughs> um, so that what was I talking about? How many people? How many yeah, people? Um, yeah. How many people? So I think there was. Well, just giving indication, there was there was three rows in front of us that were empty and three rows behind us. That were empty. <laughs> oh, that's so awkward. So, yeah, I, I, just, I just felt bad for them because they were like putting all this energy into these like 
you know, Disco Inferno and that sort of stuff. And at the end of it, they got a few claps, but it weren't like raw. My dad was the one like screaming and like trying to do the dance moves while while sitting down and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a lot of yeah. Uh, Hannah, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Just parenting, mm. pretty much. How's that going? Um, well, as always. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. Um, just yeah, I've just been busy. My my day job's busy. Um, so that's about as exciting as I feel like I'm going to get when I summarise my few weeks. Not as exciting as yours, though, yeah. putting semen into hot tubs. <laughs> yeah, clean out that filter. I would say forest holidays. Um, I'm joking. That's not obviously what happened. I'm joking. And... No, but you're not, though. Because <laughs> no, apparently it's not very good to uh, make love yeah. in water. Yeah, because yeah, it gets like a bit clumpy, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it, I think, I don't know, I think like it, you, you should, so apparently, I learned this from another podcast, but you should uh, dock before going underwater. So form a seal. Yeah. And then wow. submerge. Yeah. yeah. Hannah's just like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, she, that is. She, she knows all this already. So. Yeah. yeah, but I've got a hot tub and that's kind of one thing that they tell you. They come around and do like a brief. They do not tell thing, you that. And they say, no. just be careful, like not to lock in when you're under the water especially if you've gone to like a, a was, what, did, a, did the man at B&Q just like expect to see <laughs> the your tots up yeah, by the way the pensioner at B&Q yeah. just make sure yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah they do tell you that when they're teaching you it's about the chemicals lock. a bit like when you overfill a cafetiere and you plunge it so like as you go in <laughs> it comes out of mouth no. So like if you dock underwater <laughs> like, like one of those fountains in Italy with like the <laughs> I don't know what experience you had last the week. Water coming I feel out like you fishes, need to tell man. us like what did you what happened last week? None of that stuff happened. It's just this is it's just, just imagery. It's all hypothetical, obviously. Okay. Of course. But just I had a lovely holiday. Yeah. Um got a bit of a sore throat as you can hear. Yeah. Not sore, it's just a bit raspy, but you've got a solution for it, haven't you? Yeah, well, I don't know why you're laughing. So I basically ate my placenta after I'd given birth. But what happened was it got it got freeze dried. Not straight away. No, it got some people. Here's your baby. Do. Here's your baby missing. He's given us that. Yeah. yeah. Did, no. you, did you make it into a meal, Anna? So no, what I actually did was um, it came home. Uh, so my it's, husband had to. They, <laughs> packaged, they packaged it, and a friend came to stay at our house. So my husband took it back to the fridge in a Tupperware tub, and then stored it in the fridge overnight. And then this woman came and picked it up the next day. And um, Eversimiti is a placenta. Oh. <laughs> and basically, this woman collected it. She freezed it, and then dried it, and then she put made it into capsules and a liquid. Because you were putting some sort of liquid into your drink, that's why the the throat stuff. Not like and I was like, oh, that looks like the oil that I got when I I had my placenta, <laughs> and you thought I was joking. I was like, no, I genuinely. Oh, so you so you put it into it. you put it into a cocktail, or because other so people got, like when, yeah. make a steak, Diane. Yeah, placenta colada. I had capsules, and uh, I had them like every four times every day, and that's why I was just making so much breast milk. It was like, I joke about a pressure wash, but I was spraying What does it taste everything. like? What, breast milk? No. Or the placenta? <laughs> oh, I, well, I wouldn't expect you to. A bit oh, like... No, you, of course, you've drawn your breast milk. Sorry. Yeah. I had yeah, all I expectations did. of Hannah However, out the However, I did drink my breast milk like a few times and then I got shingles. So I don't know if that's got anything to do with it or not. <laughs> uh, maybe a sign. <laughs> can you season placenta? Like, can I put like a bit of ginger? Well, some people will get yeah, the raw yeah. placenta before you actually dry it and make it into capsules. Some people actually eat that. But it's full of nutrients. Like a fetus has lived off it for nine months and it's like amazing for your body. So why would you not, re the only mammal that doesn't reabsorb it? So Because it's 
it just feels a bit gross. Because it's been yeah. grown inside you for like close to a year. Yeah. So you wouldn't eat other stuff that's been grown inside you. A person, yeah. I just don't feel like I would eat bits of a person. Well, I think you probably have <laughs> last week. <laughs> <laughs> but you spent eat five em. days doing it, Joe. Eat I think I got a sore throat. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, as soon as we walked in, I was like, oh, my voice is still a bit bad. You didn't even wait for me to put the oil in. You went, oh, yeah, yeah, I ate my placenta. <laughs> That's literally what happened. So yeah. it's quite common, this, is it? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's only natural. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listeners, vote. Is it A, weird to eat your placenta, or B, completely normal and me and Mike... Yeah, but you know what's going to happen, Joe, with everything? All of her buddies from North Allerton are yeah. going to come on <laughs> the, the vote and say, yeah, it's completely normal because we all do it. Like, we all call Primark Primark and stuff like that. That's <laughs> oh, what's going to happen. We have a bloody pint of placenta and a Jager bomb down bongers, don't we, on a Friday? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? None of my friends have done it and they all think I'm disgusting. Do they? Yeah. But they have drunk breast milk. Yeah, shots. Yeah. There's the limit. Yeah. yeah. Is there, That's where you draw the line. <laughs> is there anything... That you wouldn't eat that comes out of a human. <laughs> it's good for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, where's the limit? Well, if you ask my mates, they'd probably say no. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what sort of thing do you mean? <laughs> do I, just, I don't know. I don't know where the I line wouldn't is. I eat somebody's limb. <laughs> good, good to I know. I haven't grown. Um, I also <laughs> met my um, uh, my girlfriend's dad last week. Your father-in-law. <laughs> what did he message? Yeah, he like? was. Yeah, um, Joe sent us a long voice note about this story, and uh, he was calling. Um, his girlfriend's Curtis. dad. His name's Curtis, Curtis Jones as well. Oh my God, Calling you... Curtis Jones. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you got like Final. what happened to your lip? Oh, like, Pete Burns. Fuck. Yeah. So right. So I was a bit intimidated because he's um. So they're all from Doncaster, right? Yeah. So, and obviously, whenever you kind of go north of Watford, particularly if you're a Londoner, you start to get rinsed immediately. Mike, you know this from when yeah. you go to Preston, soft southern ponds, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, she's like, oh, he's like larger than life. He's like really big character. He sounds really like hilarious. And the rest of the family are like, oh yeah, he's, he's like a big character. Yeah. He was, I would say about five minutes away, a bit into a Satsuma, immediately felt like a sting on my lip. And like straight away, it's like a little like white pea appeared in my filtrum, <laughs> like oh in God. there. When I looked in the mirror, it was really itchy and swelled up straight away. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's the only time I think that like Jess has seen me stressed because I was like, so what am I going to do? What am I? She's like, it's fine, it's fine. Like, don't worry, it'll go down. I was like, no, no, no. So we were in this cabin in the woods and it's got like a, there was like a big cabin that's like the reception and sells all the bits. So I was like, I've got to go and get an antihistamine. Yeah. Quick thinking, so, Joe, quick thinking. Exactly. So I was out of there, right? See some Pyroton in there. Other brands are available. Um, and I was just straight up there. As I'm going up there, I saw him turning into like our campsite. I knew it was him because he had a personalised number plate like the rest of the family. So I was like, it must be him. And I was like, okay, don't don't worry, just go, just go. Like I voice noted you guys, yeah. like as I was doing this, got the period on. As I came back, walked in, he's there. He was like, oh, hi. Um, and he just, I was just like, oh, like I, um, I think I saw you like as I was walking up to reception. He was like, yeah, I thought it might be you. But then I was like, oh no, <laughs> who's that bloke with an inflatable lilo on his face? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Hello, yes, your daughter's very nice. Oh, <laughs> and had the swelling gone down by that point? Swelling did go down quite quickly. What, how, what, what was it? How did this happen? Why did you bite a satsuma? I was just eating a satsuma with the oh, skin right. off. I thought you, the way you, you demonstrated it, you were eating it like an apple. <laughs> no, I was eating a satsuma. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, but yes. Oh, my God. And then, right, we're having um, 
we're having lunch, so we're having pie and chips, yeah. <laughs> obviously, because it's the north. Um, and he'd ordered extra gravy because the whole family loves gravy. Yeah. They always order yeah. extra gravy. Like on our first date, Jess was astonished when I didn't finish all my gravy. So she would always order extra, let alone not finish what you're given. But yeah. it's northern, isn't it? They, yeah. Do you like gravy? Yeah, of course you do. Exactly. You're like, hey, that's a stereotype. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And, they, <laughs> and they they love moaning about southern gravy. Oh, it's too it's too watery. It's too this or that. Not got enough goose fat in it. I don't know. God knows what they. Well, eat I was te- I was telling other members of the family if you went into a chippy in London, you might they might not have gravy. On you the won't, menu. You, you won't get gravy. Yeah. You might get curry sauce. Yeah, probably not gravy. And they were astonished. So anyway, so I'm I'm eating my chips with the pie, and he just goes, "Give us your fork." And I was like, "Huh." I've got a chip on it. He takes the fork out of my hand, pours pours a little bit of gravy from the extra gravy boat he got on it and went, now have this. Gave it back to me. I was like, thank you, Mr. Jones. Bloody (laughs) hell. Was that like a man test or something? Yeah. No, because he wanted me to experience the joys of gravy. Oh, right. It wasn't like, are you a man? It was like, look, clearly you just haven't had enough gravy. Yeah. So I'd just like to say I loved him and he's absolutely hilarious. And it was it was everything I expected it to be. It was completely bonkers northern fun. So. Apart from the fact that you look like Pete Burns when you met him. I had big I had big fake lips, I looked like Jordan. <laughs> I looked like Jordan sucking on a chip off his fork. Um but yeah, it went quite well. So oh, good. Oh, that, I'm pleased to hear it. That happened. <laughs> so, um right, anyway, on that note, yeah. Should we talk about what's happened in football this week? Yeah. And more importantly, it's time. I don't know how it's going to go with this. Oh, hopefully oh, you can't do it. For things that make you go. Yeah, it doesn't work. I'm just going to bounce. Oh, man. Oh, God. We, we genuinely can't hear. Clean out the filter. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry um, so I'm going to start. What's made me go mm, this week is the astonishing news that uh, Neil Lennon is moving to Cyprus to uh, to take control of a Cypriot football team. Um, Mike, as our Cyprus on, correspondent, <laughs> we, we gave you the job as the Cyprus correspondent. Thus far, we've in 45 episodes, or whatever, we've never needed it. But now, yeah, yeah this, Today this we is my do. time. Um, what did you think when when we found this out? Yeah, I mean it's incredible news already. Like it's gonna it's gonna take the separate game to to another level. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's cool. It's he'll enjoy it. It's not you know, it's not one of the top European leagues. Maybe like top six. Maybe. Top 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 six top. in the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> maybe top thirty. Yeah. Um. But but no, I mean things not really worked out for him. He obviously left Celtic. It feels like a long time ago he left Celtic now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he's he's going to get a little a little experience over there, but uh, he, he'll need to realise quickly that Cypriot fans like do not take any nonsense. Like they love their football. Like their, their life revolves around barbecues, football, <laughs> food, halloumi. Long fingernails. Yeah, yeah one extra long fingernail uh, on your pinky. And that's, that, that's, that's about it. And that's about it, basically. So, yeah, they, those fans are ruthless. Um, and, yeah, it, it won't be as easy as, as, as he'll imagine. But he's going to Nicosia, which is uh, obviously the, the capital, only split capital in Europe. What, so it's half on the Turkish half side, half on the Greek side? Half on the Greek side. That's interesting. Um, but it's, it's not that near the sea. It's, it's central. 
Um, so you've got like uh, AEL uh, in in Limassol, and you've got obviously Applewell, the big the the big team that've been in the Europa League, Champions League, I think, a while ago. Um, and my team, uh, Paphos FC, um, and uh, I I used to actually support Ammonia because Paphos didn't really have a team. Um, this is all obviously intriguing. You guys are staring at me like this is amazing. It's stuff. really good. <laughs> it's holidays like you're flying into Paphos all around. Yeah, but, <laughs> well, everyone does. I don't think people like Paphos because it's so far away. Because like all the action is like on the on the east side. Because you got like Larnaca. Is that Napa? Got, Naughty like, Napa. Yeah, yeah. Napa's yeah, Napa's on the southeast. You got like you got. Um, Did you just do that. <laughs> no, I <it's> did that. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's obviously <laughs> like, you, you've been there, Joe. Mm. You've been to Napa. Big time, yeah, big I mean, time. I, I I never Bad go there because it's just mm. like basically when it's not like tourist season, it's like a shanty town. It's the, there's, oh. there's there's nothing there. I mean, obviously, like it's it's been ruined uh, as a place because it's beautiful. It's got like some of the nicest beaches, but when you not go anymore, for it, mate. it's like <laughs> it's like Rudy's bar that's like shut down for like half the year, and then it only comes alive when like the tourists come over. And, uh, and well, Iron Apple was the place I, I know I told you guys about this before where I went, and they said um, there was a certain bar you went to that had a pool in it. And they said, just don't put your head under the water because so many people yeah. have sex in it that you'll get pink eye. So yeah, that's, that, that's it's sounds, nice. That was like, <laughs> so yeah, he'll have a he'll have a great time, um, and yeah, he'll, he'll enjoy. Amonia are a great team with a great history. I'm a bit worried about um, the weather over there because he's quite a fair man. Yeah, he's got see through eyebrows, right? Which is always a sign of someone who struggles in the sun. He's very, he's like, he's almost sort of like, you know, like when you see those kind of deep water fish. And their skin is like translucent. What, he's like, almost... <laughs> a bit, bit like the Brendan Rogers blobfish. Yeah, yeah. Similar but, to that. But he's quite, but he's so pale. He's almost like I feel like I can see his yeah, skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like in forty degrees summer heat, I think he's gonna really. Yeah, struggle. he's not. Yeah. He's not gonna do well. Uh, like he, he might actually go back to Britain for the summer actually, because like through the months of like June to August, early September, he he will not be good. He's not be in good shape. Hey, that was really good. I didn't expect our our Cyprus item to be so, so detailed yeah, there you it go. Was so good who knew um, Hannah has anything made you go <laughs> right well I wrote a few things down I'm not letting you continue with that yeah, so Carol, uh, originally I, I put the uh, Villa being Southampton 4-0 with Coutinho uh, amazing performance from him however Finished. did you see Brandon Williams who's on loan from United um, yeah hugging Christian yeah. Eriksen. Did you see that? The a ground hug, floor yeah, hug. the yeah. actual ground hug where we like, Eriksen obviously pulled him down and then Williams kind of like went to shove him and realised that it was Christian Eriksen and gave him this little cuddle. Yeah. But what's quite funny about it, obviously it's a nice moment because it's Christian Eriksen and we never thought we'd see yeah. him on a pitch again. If it was anyone else. But also because they're straddling each other. So yeah. it's like in front of 30,000 people, like, oh, come here, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. And it was, it, they just had such a cute moment. Mm. I, yeah. I loved it. I mean, nice. my my one follows along that just Christian Eriksen's return. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's just to take the tone down for a second, but I, I was actually um, covering that match for um, the, the Denmark game oh, when, wow. when it all happened. And it was like a surreal moment, like nothing like that in my professional career has ever happened yeah. where something that serious yeah. is, is actually happened in front, in front of my eyes. And um, to see him come back, like firstly to, to begin training and play, obviously he wasn't allowed to go back to Serie A because you're not allowed to have the... Um, pacemaker. The it was pacemaker. wasn't it? They couldn't insure him, yeah. Yeah, and you're not allowed to have that if you're playing in, in, a, in Serie A, but you're allowed that in the Premier League. And just to see him come back and... And played really well as well. Like he, he he had his first start on the weekend, and he was actually really good. So mm. and his yeah, it's interview great story. after, where he was kind of like, you know, it's great to be back playing football again after everything my family have been through. Yeah, yeah. Like how he's so considerate that 
you know, because I think when things like that happen to an individual, they don't realise the impact of it. Like we're all witnessing this and like yourself, you know, talking about it firsthand, seeing what's happened and seeing his face. And it's like very scary to see something yeah. like that and then see his wife on the pitch side and people kind of holding her hand yeah. because nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing that he's back. So such a talented player. Um, he's fantastic for, on a football note. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. player for Brentford to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And that's going to that's gonna help them because they're, sort of nearer the bottom aren't they they're struggling uh really but um he, he's gonna be huge for them but um yeah. like fair play to Brentford as well for taking a chance because like ultimately it's, it's still a risk isn't it yeah. like he's he's obviously got the pacemaker so I think if anything did happen it would, it would send a shock wouldn't it um mm. you know we're obviously hoping that nothing like that ever happens again yeah. but um it's a risk for them and they, they took it and it seems to be paying off at the moment yeah and he was involved in Certainly the goal where he put the corner in yeah. um, at the weekend. Marcelo Bielsa's gone since we've been away. Yeah. What, what happens to his translator now? So I, I actually screenshotted um, last night on his Twitter. <laughs> the you, translator? Yeah, the translator's yeah, yeah. got a Twitter page. Yeah, so he's, he's officially said, thank you for the overwhelming messages of support. I'm sad to report that I too will be leaving the club <sighs> alongside Marcelo oh. and the rest of the staff. It's been incredible two years at the club. I was treated as one of your own from the first moment and I'm immensely grateful for that. The club and the fans will forever hold a special place in my heart. Thank you to all of the staff, players and fans for some unforgettable memories. What's his mm. name, Hannah? Because we've just called him the translator. Yeah. And, that's the only Andres. Post. The, um, Andres Clavijo. Clavijo. Obviously, Clavijo. I've said that wrong. Clavijo. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, that's the only post he's got oh, on, go his, on, um, on his yeah. ground. Thank you. Yeah, like I just want to say I've had yeah. such a good time at the club. Yeah, and like can we get him on the show? I'm, yeah, let's I'm, get I'm him. I'm already on. thinking about this. Yeah, we need. Oh my god, let's get him on. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, bro, having it. Yeah, yeah. Just Martello's like, do you know, English is better than you think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Mike, what's Bielsa's legacy? Do you think it leads? The legacy is obviously ending their 16 year wait to to get back into the Premier League and. You know, he he'd sort of done his job, but I think with more than anything, he he made the championship exciting to watch. No offense, but um, like championship football can be quite like dire at times. You play so many games so mm. often um, that it you know you you sort of do what you can to win. But the fact that he brought this like high energy pressing style, like new um, you know ways of playing and just like excitement. Um, you know, because as much as people don't like Leeds, you have to say that their fan base is like a so is so passionate, mm. and to, for him to bring that life back into the, into the crowd and and to the city was just great to see. And I, I think whatever happened in his last season, like he he's gone down as a legend because he he brought yeah. that football back and and he got them back and he he kept them up in the first season. And I think as long as they stay up this season, they'll, they'll be fine. But um, oh Jesse Marsh, that, that that's a bit of a weird Ted Lasso. Way. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was it was really weird to see him giving a, a team talk on the pitch after the game. Yeah, it's like, mate, this is not you know, this is not NFL, this is not <laughs> soccer. Like, this is football. You don't really do that. I was like, what's what's he doing? I think as well. It's like he said afterwards. He was like, in many ways, the performance is better than the result. It's like, oh, that's yeah. You don't really understand how a league works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you you yeah. will need to win games. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I just find it weird with Bielsa that he never, and it, it's the same thing happened to him. Bill Bow before he just won't adjust that style. Yeah. And I just think ultimately he's not one of the great managers. While he's so innovative, yeah. He's not one of the great managers because that team needed to play a different way. And that kind of super high energy, like gag and press football actually is fading a little bit. Like mm. for me, it's like 
football teams are a little bit more pr- pragmatic now. We've had that era of kind of playing super high line and all that sort of thing. And people are wise to it, I think, and much better at counter-attacking. And I don't know, I think he's sort of a flawed genius yeah. in many ways. Um, but you're certainly right in terms of what's happening in the championship now. Like if you look at the way Fulham play, Bournemouth play, that's his legacy. Um, Liverpool win seventh uh, Premier League game in a row. Newcastle have won again. I know. Wow. They're staying up. So I'm, like, I think they've won about five of their last six games. Well, only Liverpool have taken more points in the Premier League in 2022 than Newcastle. They've taken 17 points. And it's, it's, turn of the it's gone a bit under the radar as well. Because, you know, Ed, Eddie Howe, a lot of people questioned him when he when he came in. I think even we did. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah we I, I think we more, totally more so because yeah. he, we, they were getting rid of our beloved Steve Bruce. But more so, we didn't really think he was the right guy. Um, but well, I think, he's the only one that would take it at the time. Yeah, but... I, I, <laughs> still yeah, well, Sorry. Can't let it go. <laughs> I don't know about that. Jesus. Um, Sorry, but I, no. To be fair, he did get, like, loads of good signings in, in the summer. I mean, but in saying that, how many of them have actually contributed that much? Because if, obviously Kieran Trippier is injured. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Bruno. Bruno. Gimadesh. Bruno. Gimadesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not really played. Dan Byrne has been important. Dan, they? They Dan Byrne's been important. Back. Chris Wood's not really scored. So it, it like as much as the as much as signings have, have made an impact, I think it's more the the actual like John Joe Shelby's keeping Bruno G out, out of the team. Mm. So like what's I think if anything, it's just raised the levels there. Mm. And um, you know, it's given them a bit of a kick up the arse, really. Yeah. John Joe Shelby, even though they beat Brian at the weekend, released an official apology on Newcastle's Twitter say for his performance so they won yeah but he said I apologize for my own performance I've watched the game back twice and I dug deep I'm proud of my team for doing the same um why would you do that would you not just save your apology for when you get battered absolutely <laughs> and also like if we apologize every time we're bad on the podcast that would be the whole Twitter feed. I mean, that would just be a big apology. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It? All the time. I've got a message. Do you, you can read that, Joe, if you want, because I sent it to you from a Newcastle fan. Do you want to read that out or not? I will read it, yeah. So I've got a really good friend who's been, he's a lifelong Newcastle oh, fan. <laughs> and he's, we messaged quite a bit about football. And mm. obviously I'm a bit, I, I don't know why I'm a bit negative about Newcastle. I just have a, a Blood bit money. of a thing. And it's, yeah. And it's, um, it's just, it's a thing. So we kind of have heated discussions about Newcastle and he always rinses me when United don't do very well, which is quite often mm. we're in a lot of communication at the moment. But he sent me this message you're going to read out, Joe, the other day about Newcastle. We wouldn't be anywhere near 14th. <laughs> I can't do it with my voice like this, right? <laughs> we wouldn't be anywhere near 14th, especially without how. The new signings have made a big difference, but our biggest signing, Bruno, can't get a start because of how well, spelled incorrectly, Shelby, Willock and Joe Linton are playing. Sorry, so mean. Um, the improvement he has brought about from the players who were already there has been the biggest difference, backed up by the winning mentality of the signings brought in. Clever, well thought out signings who are ready to hit the ground running, which is exactly what they've done. We've gone seven unbeaten, which is the first time since 2011. And the vibe at the club is as good as it's been since Bobby Robson was in charge. People believe in how. And the new owners and everyone is pulling in the same direction. Games sell out in a couple of days again. Tickets are becoming hard to get again. And you will laugh, but no word of a lie, Joe Linton has claimed to be the most effective defensive central midfielder in the league over the last three months. He's been sensational. All the while, the poor Baggies fans are stuck with Bruce and his long line of excuses. Oh. Two clubs this season, 15 games, zero wins. 
So it is oh, interesting. Steve. So that's Ian, Ian. Ian McDonald. Um, but it's interesting to hear about... Um, thanks, Ian, by the way. The, yeah, thanks yeah. For, uh, for sending that across, Ian. Um, but it's interesting to hear about, you know, the fans' perception of, mm. like, there's momentum, there's drive, there's excitement. I know there's going to be money ploughed into um, sort of within the areas, the surrounding areas of Newcastle yeah. around the stadium and stuff. So it's quite an exciting and vibrant time for, for Newcastle fans, which is nice. Uncertain times for Chelsea fans, because Roman Abramovich has put the club up for sale. Simon Jordan said about him, we were on a direction of travel that was already upwards. Our Premier League was already flying. We already had broadcasters throwing money at us. What you did with Chelsea was create hyperinflation. What you did was change the landscape by making football so financially unviable for your own reasons. What have we got now? A generation of players who have no character, no backbone, no substance, get paid too much money. Abramovich's legacy is what? For Chelsea, fabulous. For football in this country, awful. Wow. Um, I think he's a pretty unsavoury character anyway, Roman Abramovich. But Mike, do you kind of buy that, that he created the modern football that we moan about? These players with no personality are only interested in money? Um, I mean, there's probably an argument to be made. I don't I don't really agree with what he's saying there. Um, I think obviously he, he invested in, in the Premier League at a time where it probably needed that because I think at that time you probably had La Liga um dominating the yeah, the Real Madrid mm. Barcelona they they were at the top so if in, if anything his sort of investment um and, and you know Chelsea competing made other teams around them better made other teams around them follow that model like he's saying you know Man City obviously bought into it after that um you know Man United have always been around there but they were obviously spurred on by by Chelsea doing so well because actually Chelsea in that period probably stopped Arsenal winning a lot of titles as well so I could sit here and be bitter about it but I'm not because if if, if anything I think it's, it's added to the product of the Premier League and mm. what, what it is today and uh, I mean talking about like him being responsible for for players being lifeless I think that's just that's just ha- like happened naturally I think that's just social media I'm not sure the money's got loads of stuff to do with it because money's always been in football, but it's just more more prevalent now. But mm. in terms of Roman Abramovich, obviously there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on with him. Um, if if anything, I think it's a good thing now because Chelsea, whoever comes in, will not pump the kind of money in that he has been. So if anything, it should make things a bit more competitive now. Yeah, he. Um, I kind of get the point. I think he certainly expedited the process of bigger wages, more money for transfers, yeah. that kind of thing. It was always going to go that way. It was. And like you say, Real Madrid and Barcelona, Real Madrid had the Galactico era. So they were already doing it. I remember it so well. They bought Zidane for £48.5 million, which was a transfer record at the time. Huge money. And that money was always going to go up and always going to go up. It might have started in Germany or in Spain or in Italy or whatever. Um, Yeah, he sped that process up, I think. And he was obviously the first of those mega rich foreign owners. But you've also got the kind of thing. It was United and Arsenal tussling at the top of the table. Not really Liverpool at that time. And it created a third team, which made the Premier League more interesting. Yeah, I think for everybody yeah. else, yeah. and kind of opened it Absolutely. up. So now, now obviously Liverpool are back in it. They've they've got you know owners who who spend a lot of money on the club as well. So if anything, like th- this season, I know it's ended up being a bit of a two horse race, but it, it could have gone any way. Like I, I think if 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 maybe Lukaku had been integrated better, mm. or, or they'd signed someone slightly different who, fit, who fits the profile, Chelsea would have been challenging. I think if United had signed a, a decent manager in the summer, they'd be challenging. Um, so I think there's definitely scope for for there to be that competition. It's not just you know Abramovich has bought the money in and, and and Chelsea have won loads of stuff and and you know I think it happened naturally as you say as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of think that one of the things that he maybe also expedited was because the other clubs wanted to keep pace maybe clubs taking on a bit of debt. 
but it's yeah. kind of I don't know how long is a piece of string. That kind of stuff yeah. is maybe going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Manchester United. Yeah, let's talk about United, Hannah. Man City four, Man United one. I've got a bullet point here, which is Harry Maguire and then a sad face. Yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you like to expand? <laughs> well, so he's a good centre-back. Mm. Put a pin in that. In, no, when he's, when he's around influential players... He's so pretty dangerous England, in, a, in a foreign nightclub. He can, be, he can, he can do a job there, can't he? <laughs> he can do a job there. But I think there's too much, too uh, higher expectation on Maguire. He's, he's not uh, captain material, I don't think. Um, and I think he's got, like, there was a derby at the weekend. I think there was a pressure on him about being a captain. No Ronaldo there and just not getting the, the, the support around him. I don't think he played very well, so he didn't help himself, but... I think he's getting a lot of stick and you'd take, you'd criticise the manager, you criticise the captain and the, the team. But as a whole, the team are just pretty shocking at the moment. We didn't, like uh, Man City were, looked at all of our weaknesses. They looked to see where, where we'd have space, where they could get pockets of space throughout the whole match. They knew exactly what their, their strategy was going into that game at the weekend. And Man United just made it so easy for them. And like Ralph came out at the end and said, oh, the first half... You know, I thought the first half was quite good. Yes, we, we had a few opportunities in the first mm. half. And, and yes, we were able to break City down a little bit. But in the second half, after that third goal, it was just like nobody seemed to give mm. It was shocking. It was terrible. The, the possession was terrible. Um, but after the game, you want to take it out on somebody, don't you? And who are you going to speak to? Right, get the captain out or speak to the captain. What statement are they going to make? And it's like... I actually felt I feel sorry for Maguire because I don't mm. I think he's I don't think he should be given that role and it's nothing against him personally. Um I quite like him as a player but I don't think he's got the support around him. It's on the pitch. Yeah, I think the thing that I found shocking was the um <laughs> Oh, there he is. Oh. <laughs> the thing that I found shocking is the lack of work rate. Yeah. So that when you look back at the goals there's a lot of goals where United players are walking back into the box yeah. and not tracking players. Yeah. That's unforgivable. You can be, you can be a football player. That's fine, but like to not work your hardest, particularly in that game, I think mm. it's pretty unforgivable. Um, yeah, Mike, what did you make of them? I think, yeah, I mean, let's get out of the way. The the performance was dire. Um, not quite as bad as the two 0 earlier in the season, but it's you know it's reaching similar levels. And that was one of the games that got Oligon and Solskjaer sacked. Mm. Um, but I, I just think that the whole club is just a complete mess, Hannah. And it, it, it sort of, it, it, it reminds me of like that, you know, huge club that don't really know what they're doing. Like it, 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 yeah. from the outside, it doesn't seem like they, they have a plan. Doesn't seem like they have a process. Like going all the way back to, to when they, when Ferguson left, like yeah. look, look at the managers that they've brought in, look at the players they've brought in. Yeah. No, there's, they're not singing from the same hymn sheet. No. I think the, the the hierarchy there, and that obviously trickles down to to the manager and the players. Like hiring an interim manager, I know that that they probably want Maurizio Pochettino or Eric Ten Hag, but I think when Antonio Conte is there and he's he's a world class manager, I think you go and get him. I, I just yeah. think they 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 need to match the, their sort of ambitions with the the managers that, that they're employing and then that will yeah. come down to the players I'm, I'm not saying the players aren't to blame because it was a shocking performance and I'm, i think the biggest issue right now is the dressing room leaks like there was yeah. a story about Marcus rashford the other day yeah leaving united i mean who's who's leaking that to the mm. press there was yeah. there was a story about um loads of stories about harry Maguire in the week before the derby like who is leaking that stuff 
in in the week of the Manchester derby, a huge game, okay. biggest game of the season, and they're and and they're doing that. So I just think you know they they need a proper co- a coach, a proper manager to, to go in there, get rid of the deadwood, get rid of the players that don't want to be there because it seems like it's quite a lot, and just start again. Yeah, and on the way here in the taxi, the the taxi driver was a Spurs fan. Legend. And um, I thought, oh, bloody hell, here we go. <laughs> and um, he was kind of like, oh, yeah, we're talk- like, talking about United at the weekend. Um, and obviously United playing Spurs this weekend. And I said, I- I'm not sure if I'm going to go to watch the game because... Uh, the way that United have been playing recently, it's like, do I want to get a babysitter all day to go all the way to Old Trafford to watch the game to come back? I'm not sure. I might sell my tickets for that day. And he was kind of like, well, you can't be, you can't be, feel too d- sort of defeated after the weekend because you know Man City are an amazing team. We beat them, but yeah, sure. And I was just a bit like, <laughs> and I, was just, I was like, yeah, but this is Manchester United we're talking about. And in the back of my head, I'm like, it's not okay for Man City. It's not acceptable for Man City. To, it's to be accepted as a better team than Man United. Like it should be an exciting derby. It, it should have been. Every player should have mm. been so pumped. There should have been loads of yellow cards. Like all of them just giving the heart and soul on the pitch. And it would that that was the bit that was so frustrating. Like to watch the players and just be like, you literally don't give a. Mm. Well, Bruno was just walking around, wasn't he? Even he's yeah. kind of lost the passion now. Yeah. And I think like there may be an excuse if you looked at it and gone. Okay, well, they've spent loads more money than us and they've just got a better team. You might go, all right, but it's not that case. The spend is pretty equal, I think. In fact, I think United have spent more money. So there's no excuse. And Roy Keane said afterwards, obviously, he talks a lot of rubbish, Roy Keane. He's just good fun. They put him on because he's pantomime, isn't he? But he said afterwards um, about the players hugging each other on the pitch, opposition players. And I actually agree with that because it is a derby. And like, so Stones and Maguire, yes, you guys play for England together. Mm. I'm sure you're pals. But you're an elite competitor. Yeah. Why do you want to go and hug him and afterwards? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's your mum. Like. Yeah, and then they put their hands over their mouth is because they're like, oh, we don't want anyone to know what we're talking about, as if it's so underhand. Have that chat. As if we on care. The way, on the way back to the dressing room. <laughs> can you imagine? Fans like, want to sit there paying for passion. Can you can you imagine like Sol Campbell and and uh, like going to hug Ledley King after North London derby? Well, Gary Neville said um, on Quickly Kevin actually on the Quickly Kevin podcast he said when Peter Schmeichel left United and went to and was captain of City. He was captain of United as well. They were next to each other in the tunnel, didn't look at each other, didn't speak. Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, that's a bit weird, obviously, because you guys played together for years. He said, when my brother Phil was captain of Everton, I didn't look at him and speak to him. <laughs> and it's like, but that's what you, you're a, f- and, as yeah. a fan. That's what yeah. you want, isn't it? That's like, what you want. I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm with you there. And Peter, <laughs> Peter Schmeichel actually talked about that because, um, you know, I went to watch the evening with Peter Schmeichel in Leicester. And, of course, um, did. Of course <laughs> I did. And when he's bringing his book out. And, um, and the evening with Peter Schmeichel <laughs> yeah. in Leicester. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, and uh, he was talking about the passion um, for your team and if you saw a teammate that you, you used to play with and if you saw them and you were playing for another team you would just be in the zone and he kept talking about this focus and you know that drive to get on the pitch and to win and you know when you're like watching United at the weekend thinking can somebody have a chat with these ex-players can somebody just get Roy Keane to manage Manchester United please mm. Yeah. That's what I want. So I've decided I want Roy Keane in but I, to manage. I, I think like... They'd all leave. All the players would leave. They wouldn't be able to take his, but his I, authority. I think why not let like Roy Keane and Gary Neville and Peter Schmeichel and stuff in the dressing room after yeah. games? That kind of undermines the interim manager then, doesn't it? But like for a Hunger Games style thing, it's like, right, the door's locked. So whoever <laughs> yeah. gets out alive gets out alive. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's a great idea. <laughs> Roy Keane just comes out like dripping in blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like limbs hanging off his But uh, Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's true because it, you can't imagine like Ralph, Ralph Rangnick going in and tearing into those players, can you? No. So from a team in trouble, 
to a team very much not in trouble and Manchester United's opponents at the weekend. I wonder who this will be. Tottenham (laughs) 5, Everton nil. Could have been more. Um, I don't know where to start. Probably start with Matt Doherty, or as I'm now calling him, Dohaldinho. So, um, I mean, an, an astonishing performance. A Dejan Kulisewski flair invention, doing the unexpected. Harry Kane scored 176 Premier League goals, more than Thierry Henry, more than Thierry mother Henry. Like, Joe, Joe, literally. Joe, you are, in, you are insufferable. Mate. Honestly, like, if we were, literally after Burnley, it's like, you know, Dross. Get him out. Um, Antonio Conte, like, you know, all of this, blah, blah, blah. How, yeah, how send dare him to United. We yeah, don't want him yeah, anyway. We don't want him. And then now it's like, Mate, you know, you know, Matt Doherty is one of the worst right backs I've I've, I've seen over recent oh, over recent seasons, and and also he's he's his masterclasses were against Leeds, who basically I think they they sacked Bielsa after that match, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and um, and against against Everton, who were absolutely pants on Monday. So I wouldn't be getting too <laughs> too excited. Probably going to get relegated as well. But yeah, no, I think Spurs obviously you have to give them credit where it's due. I think they played well. Harry Kane is in unbelievable form, probably because he wants to try and try and try and get a move. But and let me some, just let me some. let me just ask you, Joe, because I was speaking to a, to a Spurs mate, and you know when all the Kane you stuff, don't have any of them, well, mate. <laughs> Spurs yeah. acquaintance, someone in my group chat. Um, when when the Harry Kane came, Harry Kane stuff came out in the stomach, and he was talking about, you know, he did the interview with Gary Neville, saying, you know, basically hinting that he wanted to go, and then there was a whole thing about he didn't turn up to training, all of that. Um, you know, loads of Spurs fans were like, you know, if you don't want to be here, just get out. And now he's in sensational form. You're obviously banging on about him beating on Henri's record. Where do you, where do you stand on Kane at the moment? This week. This week. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I was. I thought in the summer, maybe it was the time to cash in. So if you want to leave and get 150 million quid, then yeah. that's best for everybody. Um, right now, it's obviously just brilliant to have somebody in electric form in your team. Like, we'll get to it in a minute, but his second goal, that volley was somebody. pretty good. Um, ball from Matt Doherty, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of think he is a professional. I think he made a huge misstep. Last year, yeah. I think he was badly advised, and because obviously, as we've said before, his brother's his manager. Yeah, yeah. And kind his of contract, didn't he? You know, you know, you know him, Joe, don't you? A bit. He came on Love Sport. Um, hi, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just stick to whatever it is you do. No, um, not writing contracts. Yeah, don't just don't try and negotiate with Daniel Levy because. But then that's a good thing for you because Harry Kane's still there. Didn't yeah. go to City, so. Well, exactly. Yeah, but I just think that was a huge misstep, a huge PR gaffe. Um, at the end of the day, he's a is a top pro in the sense of trains hard, very focused on the game kind of thing. And he, he weren't saying that at the start of the season though, because he didn't no. train very hard. We didn't hard, trade did at it? all. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't turn up. But he's played himself into form. Yeah. And just right now for Tottenham as we're chasing top four, like I'm obviously 100% behind Kane. I think he'll stay now just because I think the market has changed. Yeah. Um, I was on a Spurs chat the other day and it's a point that um, one of the other panellists made was that, look, the market's changed right now because Mbappe's going to go to Madrid in the summer. That's going to happen. Mbappe. Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe. He's going to go to Real Madrid in a free. Um, the other big striker, obviously, in Europe is then Haaland. Apart from that, who have you got in that elite bracket? Benzema's 34. He's not going to move anywhere. Mm. Lewandowski, 31, I think. And mm. he's not going to go anywhere. So Haaland is going to be the big target for people. I just don't know where Kane would go. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that... and. What Pep has seen this year is we don't need a centre forward. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know if he would be the right kind of profile of player for them. So I think maybe his opportunity to move has passed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just right now, having a player like that is the only thing that's but given so us do you a think, So just looking back then, do you think Spurs made a mistake not cashing in and getting 100 million? You know, Levy, I think, wanted an excessive amount and no one was going to pay that. But do you think they should have taken the money and spent it, spent it on the rest of the squad? It's hard to say because for the first time in a long time, we've had a really good transfer window. So Kulisevsky mm. and Bentoncourt have come in and hit the ground running. Kulisevsky in particular just looks great. Yeah, he's um, But like massive upgrade on what we had in those positions. We're playing Lucas Moura, who's a really good player and hard worker, but limited. Or Steven Bergwijn. Kulisevsky's much better. Yeah. Bentoncourt's in for Harry Winks. I mean, you know my opinion on Harry Winks. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> even when i hear it on the radio and people say harry winks i just wink oh, um, yeah. but like massive upgrades there so we've got better players in it's hard isn't it with hindsight because at the time it was probably the right thing but the way the market mm. shifted and yeah. the way the squad is different now yeah. obviously we had nuno as our manager then so it's like nuno nuno nuno, nuno. now it's and and antonio that's the in Nuno, we trust. Um, All right, hon. Uh, Aiden, Nuno. Um, yeah, but I, do you know what? With hindsight, it was brilliant business by Daniel Levy. And if Kane sticks around, which I think he will, fantastic. And to be honest, he's the only thing that's given us a chance of top four, which I don't think we'll get. And you haven't wow. mentioned Son. I thought you'd be like raving about Son. What's quite nice is like, because we've now got another good player in that front three in Kulisevsky, stretches defences a bit. Yeah. Because like you've got some, because the game is pretty simple to play against Tottenham is what, and this is what Everton did wrong, by the way, is don't press us really high because Harry Kane will just kind of drop into that pocket yeah. and pick balls. And Everton just, it was crazy. Yeah. It was like, let's see how many goals we can let Tottenham score. Yeah. Mm. And even they were two nil down in like 10 minutes, still kept pushing, but pushing up on Kane. Yeah. So suddenly Kulisevsky were like, well, which we'll bomb on then? Like, why not? Cause obviously Kane's got such a good distribution. Um, they were feeding him, weren't they? <laughs> they were fit. Feeding Kane. Here comes the train. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think now Kudoseski gives defenders something else to think about. Him and Son have got a good bit of link up going. Son's actually not been in the best form recently. Um, but again, playing himself into form. But I just think we just look. But there is a great relationship between Son and Kane. Well, the, the stats are outrageous. Yeah. I just think we look like an infinitely better side right now. Mm. And that is because we've got a couple of good new players, but it is largely because Harry Kane's in but, brilliant form. But Joe, you, you have to say it is still very up and down because obviously the, there was a Burnley result. You went out in the cup to, to Middlesbrough. You know, as, as much as there are highs, there are very low lows. And the wins were against <laughs> Everton and Leeds. Like, let, let's be honest, not the best team. And City. And we're brilliant against City. Yeah. But the three things that those teams have in common is they press very high. Yeah. And I think, I just think it's such a mistake to do that against Spurs because you know how we play. Mm. What I do find a little bit worrying at the moment and Burnley and Middlesbrough are great examples of this, is there's no plan B. Mm. So when a team does the opposite and sits 40 yards further back, yeah. we don't have a way to break that down. And that's what we need to work on. It's um, it's really hard to break teams down when you're playing five at the back because you're not going to create much with, with wing backs, essentially. You need that extra body in the middle of the pitch. I think it's actually, I know we're going to go on to talk about Arsenal, but there's there's been a really like intriguing tactical tweak, <laughs> not to get to his tactics, but basically he's... um. So we're playing a 4-3-3 now. He's basically pushed Xhaka up the pitch 
Um, I think Arteta's basically trying to like, you know, get into that that pep mindset of creating overloads on, on the wing. So instead of like 1v1s, you're putting 2v1s, 3v1s by just adding an extra midfielder mm. and the fullback to, the, to that area. And I think that's where, because we played three at the back as well in the early days of Arteta, and we struggled so much like to, to break low blocks down mm. because they li- cause you, you can't create like extra numbers on the wing. You end up just crossing it. And obviously against a team like Burnley, against a team like Borough, like that's that's easy for them, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because those players, so Sessegnon and Doherty, are there to hug the touchline for when you break. Mm. But you're right. Then if you're then against a flat back four or whatever, they're pretty redundant. Yeah. So you need those players like City have that come in mm. and join in the attack. The problem with that is that everybody has to be brilliant on the ball. Yeah. Which is why it works for City which is when other teams try and do it. I mean, it's kind of what Everton tried to do or Leeds tried to do. And when not everybody's immaculate technically, they will fuck it up. doesn't work. Like yeah. United. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Basically. What do you think is going to happen at the weekend, by the way? Um, <clears throat> well, Spurs have obviously got a bit of momentum. United at the moment have lacking in confidence and are being absolutely scrutinised. But Spur, it, just, it depends what Spurs turn up. Because while you have got a bit of momentum, you might play shit and we might not have we might have an average game. I think we'll win. Yeah. Not just because I'm being like a crazy Tottenham fan, just because the body language and the attitude of United players. Yeah. I think like it's the perfect time yeah. Yeah. Totally to go to Old Trafford. I totally yeah. understand why every Spurs fan would think that. Because normally you'd be like, away at Old Trafford, like yeah. I'd say eighty percent chance we lose. But like right now, particularly I think if the home fans get on their back, if we score early and the United fans turn against yeah. United players, I feel like yeah. that massively plays yeah. into our hands. I was I was speaking to um United United fan that goes to the games and he was just saying like the atmosphere this season's been the worst it's yeah. ever been. It's like Hannah, you will know as well, just so toxic. But yeah. it's especially against like certain players. Like there's yeah. certain players that they hate. Yeah. And like maybe like the, the players are, are feeding into that. Like that when, when there's a groan when when a player loses the ball and it's a player that the fans have got it in for, maybe they're like, Maguire. you know what? McGuire, I think Rashford as well. Yeah. For some reason, United fans have, so have got stick. it in for him. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why these rumors have been coming out because he's just mm. he, he might not be happy there. We don't know, but it just seems toxic right now. Just just the whole club, doesn't it? And usually, um, when you go to a United match, the chants are just constant, and it's like everyone's like mm. really excited, like a little kid. Um, but it's like really quiet. Yeah, because even even you're saying like you you don't really want to go. So yeah, I'm what, what does that say? Yeah, I'm genuinely happy to have an afternoon away from my kids on Saturday, but <laughs> it's like, mm, yeah, I'd probably rather watch it from home because yeah. I think we'll probably get beaten. And I know that's a bad attitude to have as a fan, it's but when you've got young kids trying to get to Old Trafford when it's a two and a half hour trip, um, if you don't, if you feel that you don't need to go because yeah. you know it's going to be probably a game, then. It's what does that say about a fan? What happened to me when I was, I remember, oh, my mum will remember, but I was like 10 and I'd broken my ankle. Of course you had. And I, um, I went to uh, the Spurs game and I was on crutches. I was wearing a full kit and I was on crutches. And I think we lost 2-0 at home to Derby and it was raining. It was Christian Gross era or something or like maybe even earlier, George Graham. And we were just awful. And I, but my mum tells the story. It's like on the way home, I was like, mum, I don't want to go to Tottenham for a little while. <laughs> and I didn't go for about six months because it was just like we'd been so bad the club being mismanaged and I was like it just destroying me oh, and was your mum yeah. devastated by that because your mum's a huge Spurs she was like shut up you slag <laughs> <laughs> you know, fine, yeah? she, she kicked you on the other ankle yeah exactly <laughs> she'll go down to booze and get yourself home yeah um, no she wasn't <laughs> she was very sympathetic I'm on Everton quickly Everton fan Jonathan says um, 
Everton have got the quality to stay up, but the mentality to go down. The players are weak and haven't got the stomach for a fight. Um, Interesting. I think that's true. I just thought Lampard's tactics yeah. were crazy as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I think Lampard did really well in his first season at Chelsea, but I've not seen loads of him from a tactical standpoint that really makes me think, all right, he's going to go in and, and do a good job at Everton. I don't think he really has a style of football. I think he was he, he was a bit lucky at Chelsea because he had such an amazing squad. And I think at times, like individuals sort of bailed him out, like Mason Mount. He had a great relationship with Mason Mount um, and Mason Mount was absolutely immense under Lampard. So I think he's he's got that capability to get more out of players. And I can see maybe that happening a bit with Donny van der Beek. But in mm. terms of the overall structure of the team... I'm not sure. I, I think they'll struggle. I don't. I don't think they'll go down because I think there are three teams that are worse than them. But they're, they're going to be down there for sure. Not until Burnley turn it round. What? Oh, Burnley yeah. are in rotten. Apart from beating Spurs, Burnley are in pretty rotten form. Fixtures, haven't they? Yeah. Um, as I said, I was on um, Spurs chat <laughs> with a guy called Chris Cowling. Thank oh, you very much, Chris. Legend. Chris Cowling, yeah, lovely guy. Um, and one of the people in the comments said uh, it looks like Joe's arguments have. One of the people in the comments said it looks like Joe's eyebrows have had an argument. Aww. So meaning they're quite far apart. Yeah. And yesterday I was at the gym and my coach said, have you had your eyebrows done? <laughs> so I've also got an eyebrow phobia. So like, oh, really? I have to do it, sorry. So oh yeah, like, I remember you said this weird thing. So like, oh, that's really nice. So like rubbing my eyebrows with the grain is really comforting. But like, yeah, but like rubbing them, the, them. the other way. Yeah. Makes me want to throw up. And when even other people rubbing theirs the other way. Oh, that's like literally. Like, <laughs> Immediately both do Well, the it. thing is, I don't, I don't have any eyebrows, so it's, it, it doesn't matter. You do. No, this is so fair, you can barely see them. Well, no, they're quite thick there, but then they thick sort then, of give they, up. They disappear, yeah. It's like... It's so like, someone was making you, they run out of pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically. Well, it's like my, my, my dad basically has no eyebrows at all because he's, he's even more fair than me. So it's just literally... Like a tiny little patch there, and the rest are like white. So, well. in Sorry, my so. head, you've got really dark eyebrows, like really thick. Really? Ones. Is, it, is that just because everything else is dark? Mm. But no, they're like quite. Assume... There's like a good few centimeters of girth on them. Thick, manly eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, Hannah, if you like, because women do weird things with their eyebrows, right? Yeah. So, I found out this week about microblading. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that done. So, does that mean like. Because I'm really staring at your eyebrows now. Yeah. Are they, yeah you've got great eyebrows. Are they so tattooed? I've, I've, no, no. So I've drawn them on at the moment. Um, <laughs> with a sharpie. With literally a permanent marker. Because <laughs> I was in a <laughs> really Bradley's bad crayon. rush this morning because my kids have been up most of the night. Um, so I just penciled them in. But microblading <laughs> but I'll, is... I'll pencil your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But basically microblading is like a really thin blade. You put some numbing cream on your eyebrows. Should I talk about this on a football podcast? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like a, a thin razor blade. And they basically dip it into some... Um, dye like a tattoo and then they cut sections of your skin but oh. put the oil in and the, the um, dye in and then your eyebrows scab up and look for six weeks and then the scabs drop off and they go really dark but then they go lighter and you've got thin blades so it's like somebody just drawing the extra hairs in so do they, do they shave your eyebrows first no so they just draw in how you'd exactly want to have them so have you got any so I've only got a few. Yeah. I, so my, <laughs> I'm really confused by all the yeah. stuff that women get so, done. Yeah. I'm, I haven't had them done for like three years. So I need to get them redone. Um, but yeah. then you don't have to ever pencil them in because I think mine are probably really uneven. I did them on the train. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, but it's a really good, a really good thing. Wait, so without the without you drawing them in, what, what do they look like? 
Uh, probably just the same, just a little bit lighter. Oh, okay. So I, I thought I could imagine you actually just like getting a little stencil. And oh my just God. literally like colouring in. I bought, <laughs> I bought these stencils on eBay for my eyebrows, right? And then you get this powder. So you put the stencil over your brow and then you powder it in. <laughs> I did it. And somebody came to my house, but I'd only done one of them. <laughs> so I had this huge friggin' eyebrow. And, and she turned up and she was like, what the have you done to your face <laughs> and I was like I need to do the other one and she was like why are you buying st- like just leave you like what are you doing it looks ridiculous and then I looked in the, the mirror and like it was that thick sorry I'm not making eye contact with you now I'm making eyebrow contact I'm just really trying to see like one of those people that talk to you and look at the top of your head hate those people hate those people I, I think I used to do that when I was <gasps> in school and walk someone, on your tiptoes someone said to me it. <laughs> <laughs> that face <laughs> What the hell? No, you always had no, you always had somebody at school that would talk to you above your hairline and walk on the tiptoes. Fucking looking up at your hair as they talk to you like Yeah. And you'd be like Oh my god, I'm Yeah, I hate that. I mean, and Hannah, you did that to me yeah. earlier. When 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 I met Hannah oh, earlier. No, 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 she Like is that you? She looked at me and then like really like really stared at my like chest area. I think she's looking at what jumper I was wearing, I don't know. Did I? Yeah, you did. I was like, <laughs> Are you judging right? me or what? Like you said, you I was, was just trying to read seconds. what was it because you had a NASA yeah, jumper. Yeah, uh, that, that's and what I've it got is. a NASA jumper but, but in black. But yeah, it's so. like but, so, <laughs> And I've got the same oh, t shirt as you. <laughs> this is getting so weird. Um but yeah, so I was yeah, so when when I was at school when I was at school, um, when my mate Rob said to me that Mike, you know that when like you talk to people, you, you look at their forehead, and I can't stop doing it. Now. Yeah, I know, and like, I'm just like it's weird. And 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 he he was like, I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, like you you look at my forehead, and I was like, oh, like just show me what it looks like. Then he looks at my forehead, and I was like, oh my god, like I need to stop this right now. It's the mo- most uncomfortable thing ever. Like literally looking at someone. I've tried so hard to look awful. Yeah. yeah. Or it's when people um, talk to you, but like look at your mouth, look at your eyes, mouth. Yeah, eyes, mouth. look up and down. Just look. Yeah. At He's me. making my palms sweat. It's making me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. What, even sweatier than your armpits. <laughs> I'm so hot. Before we started, Joe's like whoosh, sweat patches. But that's yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I keep so doing it now. I keep yeah. doing it. Oh, it's weird. I'm gonna go home yeah. and do it, and it won't be funny. <laughs> wait, till, wait till Andy notices. <laughs> I'm gonna go home, yeah, walk on my tiptoes, and look above his head. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Where have you been?" Oh God. Real Z in it. Oh God, it is hot in it. Um, Watford two, Arsenal three. <laughs> I love how we just go from yeah. microbladed. <laughs> <laughs> Watford have lost ten of their last eleven home games. Oh. Do you know what the exception was, Mike? When they beat Manchester United 4-1. Thought I'd just say that. Um, yeah, that, that was the game that got Solskjaer sacked. That it? was the game yeah. that got Solskjaer sacked. Yeah. Um, but some some liquid football from Arsenal at the weekend. Yeah. But still shipped two goals. Yeah, um, for some reason, I think, because I was talking about that different system, I think we've been a bit more exposed defensively and the defence has not been as good. But I think it's almost a calculated risk when you play teams with a, with a low block defendee. You have to push those extra numbers. For... <laughs> Joe's staring at my. What, 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 what were you looking at? The forehead? I was, trying, I was waiting for <laughs> so, so long. Weird. Weird. Sorry. 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 Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, yeah, awesome. carry on. Yeah, um, calculated risk. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost it. I've lost it. What was I talking about? A low block. Low block. Calculated yeah, yeah, risk. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Arsenal have been, Arsenal been more attacking recently, so that's why they're shipping goals. But, um, yeah, like some of the football was insane. I don't know if you saw 
the first goal, but um, it was a little one-two between Saka and, and Odegaard. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at Joe's for now. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the flick was just like... The little Cruyff and run on. Uh, like, yeah. like the little flick to, to, to set Saka up and then you've got it back was just like unbelievable. He's really come into his own and obviously like the youngsters and... Arteta's little assist for the for the quick throw. Did, did you see that? Not really allowed to do that though, because he you're left the technical to, area. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Um, but who cares? Um, so yeah, I, some of the football is incredible. But um, to be fair, we've not played you know top top level opposition in a while. We've got some big games coming up. Still waiting for the for the North London derbies to be rearranged. What what's going on with that? Not, it's still not been. I, I feel like they're gonna just use it for the end of the season like a top four decider. They're hoping. Mm. I, I don't know because it's on the Premier League, isn't it? To rearrange it. Yeah. Well. Um, Spurs fan Carl Jones, who Hannah knows and has gigged with, mm-hmm. said that he thinks they're waiting to put it in that last week. Yeah. yeah. To bang it in that Wednesday, maybe before the final fixtures on the Sunday. But that, that's ridiculous, though, because they should mm. just give the give us the game at the... Because neither of us in Europe, we could easily play midweek. I think it's for TV, isn't it? It's just... It's though, isn't you it, can't really? change the game of the final day of the season. You can't do that because it's not fair on everybody yeah. else. Yeah. But I think they want it in... <laughs> I think they want it in. <laughs> so we keep staring at each other's foreheads. They want it in as late as possible for maximum jeopardy for the neutrals. Horrible for Spurs and Arsenal Yeah, fans. it's not fair, is it, really? But brilliant but, for yeah, everybody else. So where, neutrals, where yeah. are you then with Arsenal right now, mate? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of very happy. It feels like there's there's been a definite shift in recent months at Arsenal. Um, I think the, the creativity going forward was something that I was always worried about, but I think that's definitely got better. And the youngsters are shining. Um, we didn't sign anyone in January, which was a bit disappointing. But if if anything, I looked at some of the stats uh, before before um, Aubameyang left and after, and actually we've improved as a team going forward. So you can't really say that was a mistake in January mm. not to sign anyone. And, you know, they've got a small squad. They're, they're, they're all buying into it. They're really, really passionate. Mm. I know Wolves players are really upset with how we celebrated against them. There was a lot made about that. But, you know, who cares? I think if if you, if, if you win a game of football, you're entitled to celebrate. Like, yeah. no one should ever criticise your celebrations. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, if anything, United could use a bit of what Arsenal are doing. I mm. think they've really got rid of all the dead wood. Arteta's yeah. got rid of all the problem players. And he's just like created a young, energetic, vibrant squad mm. and it's going in the right direction. I think top four would be amazing, but even if we just miss out, I think it's still going in the right direction yeah, of travel. especially for next season. Yeah. yeah. Well, Arsenal are in the driver's seat for top four. Yeah. Game in hand on Spurs and three points above, but Leicester, Liverpool at home mm. and Villa away. Next three games. Yeah, tough games coming up. This, this mm. is what I mean. So we need to be a, <laughs> be a little bit careful how we approach these games because... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd a, I'd a long debate with uh, a mutual friend, Harry Simeu, yeah. about uh, about how you sort of take on these opponents, and if you go really gung ho against like the likes of maybe not Leicester so much, but you, you know the likes of probably Spurs or anything, it could backfire. So it's going to be interesting mm. to see what happens. Uh, what as I said, Watford have lost ten of their last eleven home games. They've got to play Everton, Leeds, Brentford, and Burnley at home, which would normally be a good thing, but given their home form. Not so great. They've got to play City, Chelsea and Liverpool away. So mm, tough for them. Could be going down. Um, right. It's time for any other business. Mm-hmm. And this works perfectly because a woman this week said she was cornered by a group of theatre staff and kicked out for getting too enthusiastic during a performance. Doc Grant, who's 52, was with family watching the, the musical Bat Out of Hell <laughs> and could not resist the urge to tap her thigh and sing along. So Hannah, I was going to say, is it annoying at a gig when somebody has a weird laugh? But you live with a weird laugh. I do. So, yeah. <laughs> so my husband has got the weirdest laugh. 
I'm going to send you a clip for you to play. <laughs> He's got the funniest laugh. I actually, on our third date, took him to a comedy club and his laugh is so high-pitched that um, the comedian asked me to give... The, gave the microphone to me to hold up to his face and he just laughed for about five minutes. <laughs> At my wedding, my dad played a clip of Andy laughing through the speakers for about five minutes and everyone was just like themselves laughing. It's so high pitched. It's like like that honestly I, I, get, I get anxiety when we go to the cinema to watch a comedy film <laughs> do people look everybody looks and people laugh because it's so funny and they get and it'll be like it'll start off by going ah, and then it's like ah, and i'm like oh my god i need to move and then it's like ah, like really loud <laughs> and i'm not goat. exaggerating is he self-conscious about it no, because he doesn't ev- care. Everybody no. laughs when they hear his laugh. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, so he's he doesn't often laugh because he lives with me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I don't tend to have that issue when I do stand-up comedy. Because nobody actually, laughs. Because nobody laughs. Anyway. <laughs> a, woman, a woman the other day, she was definitely disgusted. So I did a gig um, in Leicester, Leicestershire, and um, <laughs> the the guy that. Uh, employed me to do the gig basically said after he was like this genuine he said because there was pensioners in the crowd and I was talking about very rude things maybe should have changed my set given the the audience but he was like I mean you were good but you didn't blow them away and then he oh. gave and then he paid me <laughs> oh <laughs> my god that's yeah. horrible yeah brutes well that's what it's like though isn't it it's very subjective and if uh, a promoter likes you then you're in and you get paid work all the time and stuff. But that's oh. that was this particular promoter. That's kind of people people that know him know that he's sort of he's a nice guy, but <laughs> he's yeah. just ill going. So it's you should just... have said you pay, but not well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll be like, well, I won't pay you again because I never book you. Um, so yeah, this woman was looking at me in utter disgust. Um, but yeah, it's it's was weird. it was any particular um, joke or line that you did that she didn't like? Um, it was about putting something up my. That's all I say. Yeah. <laughs> Placenta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get it back in there. Um, but yeah, you guys are coming to watch me do a gig. Yeah, I, I was going to say, we're going to see him now. So yeah. I don't want to give my set away too much. Yeah. No, absolutely. But when, so it's the 28th yeah. of April. Of April, yeah. Yeah. In London. Soho 21. Soho 21. Yeah. Get your tickets. Yeah. We've bought six of them. But it's a charity um, event, isn't it? So oh, do it for the kids. Yeah, do it for kids and that, innit? it? Yeah. Um, yeah, but do go and... Yeah, if any if, if any Rose Ed fans want, want to come along, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have have a drink with you. There's some <laughs> good people on drink. there. Yeah, there's some people, good people on the bill, and then I'm on it, so... you I, Well, you're one of the good people. Yeah. So where do, what do we... How does one get tickets? Just get Mike's code. There you go, get Mike's code, yeah. <laughs> message Mike, Mike will message you the code. <laughs> Um, God. Speaking of fantasy football. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, here we go. I'm going to get a throat sweet while you're uh, doing this. Yeah. How are we getting on this um, one? I think I'm battering you, Hannah. My back's sweaty, can I just ask? <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm just, I'm just laughing at Joe eating a sweet and thinking about how like how much of this is going to go into the final. <laughs> none, of, none of this is going to go. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, am, I am beating Mike this week. There we go. Um, Sorry. There's a bit I cut out there just to, trust me, you, you, you thank me if you'd have heard it. Um, totally forgot. So you said that's not going on the blue Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'm so disappointed by my... <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, it's went off rages. <laughs> Me and Mike were looking at each other like... I was staring at Joe's forehead, though. <laughs> um, sorry, you might hear my mouth rattling a bit. I've got a few sweeties in it. It's losing my voice a bit, but... Look, the only thing you've been rattling. Hey, okay. <laughs> Hey, Jess. Um, but a group of undertakers have been suspended after one of them hid inside a body bag and jumped out to frighten a colleague. Mm-hmm. So I want to know... But that laugh on that video is exactly the like same Andy's. as Andy's laugh at the end of that video. So, But do you have any, like, distasteful jokes that you maybe regret? Because oh. I think the thing you do with Andy with the Pringles is a bit cruel. Do you? Yeah. What's, what, what's that again? I I, well, because oh, the French is so... When you... Like, last night we oh, got yeah. some dark chocolate because we're rock and roll. And then um, we're watching Match of the Day from the weekend. It's the first time I've had a chance to do it. And it crunched dark chocolate. How? I, well, that's that's what I was like. How do you do that? And then he ate some pineapple and he was crunching it. And I was like, it's, how do you crunch? Soft. How does that? It, he sounds like a cartoon like character. Yeah. With that <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, it really irritates me. But my brother's got this thing about people crunching. Like, mm. he'd be stressed out because you're making such a noise with that. Yeah, it kind he of would, stressing me out yeah. a bit as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I feel that my husband could crunch bread, like soft bread. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that stresses me out. So I get it sometimes, I did it as a joke. I got a tube of Pringles and put it in a bag and then bashed it and then put all the crumbs back in. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that is video- evil. Because I videoed him crunching in lockdown, these Pringles. And it was just, <laughs> I was a bit hormonal and I was like, this is... He just likes a Pringle, the poor man. I think, I, I think that's what the... Do you think that's a bit I much? think that's what the kids would call an ick, Hannah. Have you, have you heard of the ick? mm yeah, so it's like when there's something that um, a boy or a girl, or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever might do, gives them the ick, and it's like it makes their skin crawl. Yeah, it's is that the sort the of thing. just winds you up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It winds you up. The or, crunch or is you up. too much. No, and when you get on the train and somebody starts eating pork scratchings, or oh yeah, I love a pork scratch. And you're yeah. like, do you? I'm going to be sat near you. Yeah, it, 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 I had to. Um, I had to tell someone to show up in the cinema. Did you? Uh, Did you? A few weeks ago. Yeah, because the the film went to watch. Um, it was a. Uh, it was Agatha Christie film. I can't remember what it's called. Something on on, on the Nile. Oh, death, death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Yeah. Anyway, that's completely irrelevant. But anyway, the, the film started, and this guy behind me was was obviously on a date with a girl. He was having a full blown conversation with her really? as the film started. Like in like it was going on for for a few minutes. And obviously, if you're on a date, you want to chat. And she was like, "Don't no, go to the cinema." Then. Yeah, she was. Well, no, stop it. <laughs> but stop it now. She was. She, she was actually like <laughs> making an effort to lower her voice. And this guy was talking in full voice. So I, I turned around and I was like, "Mate, if you wanted to chat, go to go get a coffee. Don't come to the cinema." And he, like, <laughs> he, was, he was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was talking so loud." I was like, "No, just don't talk at all." And yeah. then that, that was it. He shut up. But. Like the the fact that I had to say something, it's like how do you not check yourself to not talk in a film? Did it's the only place you don't did your talk. Girlfriend love it that you were so authoritative. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, well done, love." <laughs> literally, <laughs> she so literally proud was. Of you. Oh, that fingernail's gonna go places you can never imagine oh. later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. And then just, she was just like, for "The record, Mike doesn't even have long fingernails." No, I don't actually. I can't. It broke I can't. off. In- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not. It's not been left there. It's not been left. Um, But yeah, she was like to me, oh, she was like to me, oh yeah, I was going to say something. It was like, no, you weren't. You were waiting for me to do it. Obviously she wasn't. (laughs) No, because she's... so authoritative. Well, I don't... Turn me on a little bit. It's rude. Yeah, twinge. 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, another, another episode. I hope my girlfriend doesn't listen to ticks off. Um, yeah, well, I think Hannah's twinge and <laughs> you got. A t- you said you got a twinge too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we all got a twinge just to finish it off. Yeah, so, right, that's it. You can follow us, remember, Rosehead Pod or Rosehead Soccer on various social medias. Also, big thank you to everybody who voted for us in the Sports Podcast Awards. Um, I don't know where we finished, because I kept being like, we're fourth, we're fourth. But apparently they weren't updating the leaderboards for the last week to make it interesting. Oh, right. So we could have finished last or first. Mm-hmm. I've got no idea. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody who did vote for us. Um, ceremony's on the 31st of March. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. I guess. Um Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.